What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you've had an absolutely amazing week so far. And <laughs> I tend to apologize lately because we've just had a lot of things going on. We haven't had as much content here from a podcast space. But don't worry. Things are picking up and we'll certainly be able to continue to do more. But thank you for your continued support and thank you for you guys who keep listening to previous episodes. And if you've missed some things, you've been adding some folks along. It's been great. So shout out to all of you. Shout out to all of our new followers and our existing followers on the socials at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And to all of you who are subscribed to our podcast, thank you so very much. We could not do what we do without you. So thank you for all of your interactions. Thank you for sharing what we're doing with your friends and followers. And if you haven't done so, today's a great day to do that. So share us with your friends and followers, and I'm certain they will enjoy what we're rocking with here on The Faction. Okay, there's a lot to get to. A lot of pay-per-views have happened, a lot of events, a lot of news. I want to start with WrestleMania Backlash, which took place this past Sunday. If you've not watched the pay-per-view and you don't want any spoilers, then you can go ahead and pause this podcast, finish watching, and then come back because we're going to have commentary about it. If indeed you've already watched, and if you're not worried about spoilers, Keep listening. We're going to have fun with this. So I want to start with WrestleMania Backlash, which took place this past Sunday at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island. So here are the results. Cody Rhodes defeats Seth Rollins in their WrestleMania rematch. Omos gets a win over Bobby Lashley. Edge defeats AJ Styles. Ronda Rousey taps out Charlotte Flair in the I Quit match to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Madcap Moss defeats Happy Corbin. And in the main event, the Bloodline, Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, and Jimmy Uso defeat RK McBro. That's Drew McIntyre and RK Bro. So before I get into my thoughts, I will say we really put some things out to you guys on the socials to see how you felt about the event. Most of you seem to enjoy it. There are some that felt like there were too few matches, there weren't enough titles on the line, etc., etc., etc. We'll dig into all of those thoughts in a second. I will start by saying this. I felt like the lead-in to WrestleMania backlash this year was a wee bit lackluster. Coming off of a big-time WrestleMania, it felt like there would be a better job in terms of telling the stories to get us interested. Now, interestingly enough, there were two stories coming into it that I was really invested in. One would be Cody and Seth Rollins, just because I wanted to see how this thing would play out. The second being the tag team title unification between RK-Bro and the Usos. As you now well know, about two weeks ago, that match was changed into a six-man tag. And let's be honest, it's been a really long time since we've seen a six-man tag main event a pay-per-view. So I kind of lost interest and wasn't really sure that I'd even watch the pay-per-view, but we have to. Like, it's just one of those things. You always end up watching a WWE pay-per-view because what you don't want to be is that guy or that woman who finds out on the socials that something magnanimous has happened. So we watch the pay-per-view. My overall thought on the pay-per-view is this. WrestleMania Backlash 2022 
was a lot better than I expected it to be. I think the execution was fantastic, even though the lead up was lackluster. And I think two things can be true at the same time. So I think if you did not watch the pay-per-view, go back and watch the pay-per-view for a couple of reasons. First of all, there's actually great wrestling happening, which is one of those things that hasn't always attracted us to WWE pay-per-views. But particularly when they're not one of the big four or the big five. So in a WrestleMania backlash context, you would often wonder, will there be decent matches? There were incredible matches from start to finish. So one of our followers, Prince3Q, who you guys, if you've been following the faction, you've heard his battles, his ongoing battles with Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, our other hosts here on the faction. And uh, he was pretty vocal on Instagram about how he felt like this pay-per-view was a bit of a waste. There weren't enough title matches. There weren't enough matches in general. Only six matches on this pay-per-view, and the pay-per-view went almost three hours. Here's how I view that. One of the things we've not really seen on the main roster has been actual time to tell stories and have great matches. Yet it's one of the things that we loved about NXT Black and Gold. NXT Black and Gold would legit have five matches on a takeover, and the takeover would run two, two and a half hours, sometimes even three hours. We enjoyed the matches. I thought it was a gutsy move for WWE to only put six matches on this pay-per-view, and yet we all end up so invested in the matches because they actually had time to tell the stories and they did an amazing job. So Prince3Q and I are going to differ on this one and we're going to differ because I also don't think that it requires titles to make a pay-per-view important. Now, you expect to see titles on the line at WrestleMania because it's your Super Bowl, right? It's your biggest event of the year. But I don't believe that every pay-per-view has to have a title connected to it or multiple titles connected to it. Again, I will say the lead into this pay-per-view was not very exciting at all. It was lackluster at best. And so with that said, only having one championship on the line, I think, puts proper attention on that particular title we don't have to have the universal title on the line every single pay-per-view that's not a requirement in fact that's what we have night of champions for for every title to be on the line but i think given the card given the matches nobody expected any of these matches perhaps with the exception of cody and seth i don't think anybody had expectations that these would be outstanding matches but that's what we got so Cody and Seth another amazing bit of storytelling that kicked off the pay-per-view I think this match believe it or not was even better than their Wrestlemania match great false finishes great storytelling happening from both of them and there were points where I really didn't know if Cody would actually win this match but he won it, and he won it, I thought, in a great way that continues this story. He uses something from Seth Rollins' playbook, which is simply pulling the tights, which is exactly what Seth Rollins did to him in the move prior. So I thought this was awesome. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I don't think there's much that's going to get me interested in the story involving Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin. I've never been a fan of Corbin. Moss is starting to grow on me just because I think he's really quick and explosive in the ring. But I could 
personally do without that story. Be that as it may, I thought they did have a great match, so shout out to them. The other story that's not of great interest to me is Omos versus Lashley. I think we all knew coming into this particular match that Omos had to win. There's no way he's going to connect with MVP and the first match out he loses. So that kind of had to happen for this story to be able to continue. Now, let me tell you what I actually liked. I like the fact that now Omos is known as the Nigerian Giant. We've not seen the Nigerian Giant used before. Obviously, we had Andre the Giant. We had the Big Show. We had Big John Stud. But I think this is a great way by tacking the Nigerian Giant to the end of his name. It's a great way to make him stand out as opposed to just being Omas. Now he's the Nigerian giant. Now we understand if he breaks off into his native Nigerian tongue, like it makes sense. So I like it. Again, I think ultimately Lashley will probably win the war, but this is designed to help grow and groom Omas, and I get it. Now, I'll tell you what else I think makes sense. I think at some point, this is again designed to groom Omas, but it's got to reunite MVP and Lashley. I think they just have great chemistry together. I think, you know, again, some of Lashley's best days are with MVP. I don't necessarily like Lashley alone i think he needs mvp and i think they're a better fit but i do think mvp is designed in this bit of an assignment to help omas become what he could become so we'll watch how this story plays out but i think that's interesting in and of itself now to the women's title match charlotte flair and ronda rousey so i don't want to be too vocal about this but i'll say this Outside of Ronda Rousey's WrestleMania 34 debut match, I've not been pleased with her work, and I'll tell you why. Ronda has proven she can't cut a good promo. Ronda is not super exciting to watch in the ring simply because you just kind of expect her to just bowl through everybody because she's Ronda Rousey. This program with Charlotte Flair has actually been really good for Ronda. It has brought out a lot in Ronda Rousey that we didn't know was there, which is why Charlotte Flair is considered by many to be the best women's wrestler, perhaps of all time. I don't know that I want to tack that onto her yet, but without question, and I already hear, I already hear Courtney and Brandon going off. You guys, you, you'll live. I think at some point we'll deem her as the greatest of all time, but I think right now she's certainly showing us why she should be deemed that because she gave us an incredible match with Ronda Rousey. She took it to Ronda. They actually have great chemistry. I don't think that this particular program is over, uh, but I like what I saw, and it seems to me like we're going to have a Hell in a Cell match between the two next month, and I can totally go for that. I don't know who should win, but I think the fact that Charlotte wins at Mania, the fact that Ronda wins at WrestleMania Backlash means we've got to have a rubber match, and I'm vested in this. I think that match really did it for me on Sunday, so shout out to them. Ronda Rousey, the right stuff. Charlotte Flair, the right stuff. This is going to turn into something, I think, significant. And it's the kind of thing that you need to have two absolute powerhouse strikers going at it for the women's title on SmackDown. Great move. I absolutely love it. Now, let's get to two of my favorite matches on this card. Edge and AJ Styles. 
These two can do no wrong. WrestleMania proved to be amazing for them, and it introduced us to this new alliance between Edge and Damian Priest. Well, now that Damian Priest is barred from ringside, what would happen now? Well, again, they had an absolutely stellar match. And I think there's a lot of moving parts in here that really, really work. Everything from the entrance to Edge, which I just love his new entrance. I love the new music. I love the new concept of Judgment Day. To this incredible match that the two had back and forth. You know, what's going to happen with AJ's arm? Can he pull off the flying forearm? All of this stuff really, really works. Then at the end of the match, you get Damian Priest coming to the spot that's not quite ringside, but could be considered ringside by onlookers. Then you have Finn Balor coming out to attack. And again, the history between Finn Balor and AJ Styles and the Bullet Club. Brilliant absolutely brilliant and then you add a third figure to the judgment day who comes in distracts AJ Styles costs him the match Edge gets the win and then we get the reveal that the new member of the judgment day is not a man but it's a woman it's Rhea Ripley Oh, first of all, I've been a massive fan of Rhea Ripley since day one, going all the way back to the Mae Young Classic when she had the long blonde hair. That's before she cut the hair and went full punk rock. I've loved Rhea Ripley, the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion. She's done so much in WWE. Of course, she was Raw Women's Champion last year, defeating Asuka at WrestleMania. She's been a tag team champion, but I think her best work is not inside of a women's tag team. And so, although they had an amazing match at WrestleMania, the idea that she gets to stand on her own, but now be the female muscle of this faction now known as the Judgment Day is brilliant. I've been really thinking... Honestly, you have to go back to the original DX when they added China to find a faction that has had this kind of female muscle, credible female muscle. Now, you could make an argument that in NXT 2.0, you have El Legado del Fantasma, which is quite amazing. I love what they're doing with that. But I don't believe that Electra Lopez is the kind of muscle, though she is muscle, I don't think she's the kind of credible muscle that Rhea Ripley is on this level. You have three elite performers together in Damian Priest, Edge, and Rhea Ripley. The things that they can do together just warms my heart. I love this I love everything about it the idea that there could be a fourth member coming I don't know if that fourth member should be male or female I don't know who should get that rub but I'm telling you these three together this is special family I really hope we're enjoying these these formative days of the judgment day because if all goes well with this, this will be one of the greatest factions we've ever seen. And it's happening during a time where factions are starting to return in WWE. Be that, of course, the New Day, the Bloodline. We've got a thing happening. And what I like about these factions is it's not like the Attitude Era days. Because during the Attitude Era days, it was almost like Faction City. 
I mean, think about it. You had, of course, DX. You had the Ministry of Darkness. Then you had the Corporation. You had the Bariquas. You had you had a bunch of things. Like some of them were the Land of Misfit Toys, right? Some of them didn't really stick. Nation of Domination. Like there were a lot of factions, and I think it was kind of over the top. I think when you get the right amount of factions happening, this becomes a thing. And WWE is onto something. And I know it's really popular to criticize the WWE, but they're really onto something. And what they're doing with this Judgment Day is totally working. I hope it continues. I hope it continues to build and they do it right. Because these three, plus whoever the fourth member might be, this is a thing. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that insane main event. Plus, we'll get into a big piece of news happening on Fight TV tonight. Southern Honor Wrestling is now on IWTV. Relive the biggest moments and memories from SHW's historic first year. I'm in Dallas Vegas here at Southern Honor Wrestling. What Jericho is here Because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, Wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were going to be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm going to do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. A few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine. COVID. 
I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a Ben and there's a you, there will always be a S-H-W. All right, so we've had quite the discussion about WrestleMania backlash. It's time to discuss that incredible main event, the six-man tag that saw the bloodline take on RK Bro and Drew McIntyre. In some worlds, it feels like this might have been thrown together because this isn't the original tag team unification match we were going to get. However, I think this is far more special than we thought it would be. What a way to take lemons and make it into lemonade. These six gave us a match of the year candidate. I, I'm just going to go on and say that. The crowd was totally into it. The action was unpredictable. And we have to acknowledge this as we think about WrestleMania Backlash and this main event. Whether you like the WWE product or not, we've got to acknowledge that they're giving us some great content. They're giving us these pay-per-views that actually mean something and they matter. And this six-man tag, I thought, was expertly done. I mean, the moments that shined involving Randy Orton and Riddle, the Usos, the brutality that we saw from the head of the table, him matching up with Drew McIntyre, like, it was just perfectly done. I loved it. I watched it more than once because it was so good and just the crowd into it the match like all of that really resonated and you know sometimes if you're watching live television one of the things that I've seen in both wrestling and in music is sometimes the feeling and the experience that's happening live in the building doesn't always translate to us at home but this time it totally did and gosh what a main event what great work and I'm intrigued to see how all of this will build so all in all an amazing pay-per-view from WWE WrestleMania Backlash if you did not watch it go ahead and watch it because it gave us moments it gave us matches it gave us memories so shout out to the WWE with that said I have to talk about this other piece of news connected to WWE and the head of the table. So this rumor began, and really it's not a rumor, I don't think, because over the weekend there was a house show where Roman Reigns ended the house show by telling people that this could be his last time in that particular city based on the way that his career is going. And if it is the last time, thank you for the memories. And people are wondering, wait a second, what's happening with the head of the table? Then yesterday, following that pay-per-view, he cuts this amazing promo in the gym where he talks about being the GOAT, the greatest of all time, compares himself to Tom Brady and Michael Jordan, and then also again throws this hint out there that we may not see the bloodline as a six-man team anymore because he might be going away, he might not. The question is, is Roman Reigns trolling us? I'm going to say this, I'm not fully sure if we're being trolled or if he's really hinting at 
perhaps the end of his career or time off, we do have to acknowledge this. He has been the universal champion now for well over 600 days. Now, that's literally a year and a half that he has been representing this company, doing it, of course, during the pandemic era, leading. I mean, think about it. He was the universal champion for all of 2021. When the fans weren't back, when the fans came back, all of those things, he's been the front man. He's been doing all of the big mainstream appearances on talk shows and all of these types of things. He deserves a break. Now, should he get this break during the greatest run right now? I don't know. And I don't know if this is a setup to let him take some time off so that he ultimately comes back to prepare us for WrestleMania. I don't know. But what I do know is I want to watch and see where this goes, because if Roman Reigns leaves us as he is now at that megastar level, then I don't know who's the next person to come in and fill that void. I don't know. But I do think this gets very, very interesting. So we're going to watch out to see what happens here with Roman Reigns. Another thing that happened, and I'm going to just briefly mention this because I don't want to talk about Monday Night Raw in full. We want to do that perhaps tomorrow. And by the way, I think for tomorrow, we'll talk about that. And Impact had a huge pay-per-view over the weekend called Under Siege. I want to get into that because there were some reviews, some big moves, etc. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But what I want to talk about right now is this one piece of news that slipped out last night on Monday Night Raw. First of all, Cody Rhodes now doing promos for WWE pay-per-views, excuse me, premium live events is like, wow, that's still taking some getting used to, but it's a brilliant move by WWE. And so he's literally in the middle of Allegiant Stadium, the home of last year's SummerSlam, the home of this year's Money in the Bank. And he's telling us and getting us ready for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view that happens 4th of July weekend there in Las Vegas. But he drops a bombshell that nobody seemed to talk about. And that is that the winner of this year's Money in the Bank ladder matches are going to main event WrestleMania. Now, we got to pause. And I'll tell you why we have to pause. Because the main event at WrestleMania was originally slotted for whomever won the Royal Rumble matches. And the whole allure to the money in the bank was being able to cash it in at any place at any time. So my initial thoughts are a couple of things. Number one, if money in the bank is now a guaranteed WrestleMania main event, I definitely think it becomes super prestigious. And I think it really becomes along the line of winning the G1 tournament over in New Japan Pro Wrestling, where if you win that, you main event Wrestle Kingdom. So the idea that a man and a woman will be able to rain event WrestleMania from what happens at Money in the Bank is massive. The other thing that makes me wonder is, so what does the Royal Rumble mean now? Will the Royal Rumble mean some new opportunity? I don't understand because the most prestigious thing you could do seemingly at the Royal Rumble is to get an opportunity at WrestleMania, unless... The winner of the Royal Rumble gets what the money in the bank contract seemingly used to represent. So I want to get your thoughts. What do you think happens to the Royal Rumble match now that money in the bank 
represents the WrestleMania main event. Let us know on the socials on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And before we go, two more pieces of big news that I don't think we've officially talked about here. Now, we've talked about Battle Slam Vendetta, which happened a couple of weeks ago. I had the amazing privilege of calling those matches as pro wrestling collides with hip hop. It was absolutely incredible. Well, tonight, 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 you can check it out as it premieres on Fight TV, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, for free. That's right. It's rare that Fight TV gives us anything that's free and particularly a massive event like Battle Slam Vendetta. So mark your calendars. Join us tonight for Battle Slam Vendetta as it premieres on Fight TV, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. I have the amazing privilege of doing commentary on this event alongside Shug D, a.k.a. Pineapple Pete from AEW. It's an amazing event. I'm excited for you guys to hear the chemistry between Shug D and I. And if you're familiar with my journey, you know, most of the time I'm calling an SHW. So this will be the first time really that publicly I'm calling outside of SHW with a different broadcast partner. So please, I would absolutely love it if you'd support. Let me just tell you this tidbit, which is crazy. Pro Wrestling Illustrated is going to be live tweeting this event tonight. So you're wrestling fans. You know what Pro Wrestling Illustrated means to us. To have them live tweeting an event that I'm doing commentary on is massive. So please, ma'am, please, sir, tune in tonight. Fight TV, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. It's totally free. You can watch it on your smartphone, on your smart TV, on the internet, like however you choose to watch it. Be tuned in and let the world know that Battle Slam Vendetta means something. And live tweet about it. Do posts about it on Instagram and Facebook. We would love to do that. Tag us, all that kind of thing. We'll repost, we'll retweet, all that jazz. So do that. Last but not least, in case you missed it, this time last week we launched a brand new line of merch on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. Get the new shirt that says Bet on you. I'm a believer that really my entire career has been based on finally choosing to believe in the gifts and talents you've been given enough to put something behind it and bet on yourself. So go get that new shirt. I'm just blown away by the response so far. And I've got another sneak peek for you. I was shocked. I did not know this was going to happen. This past Friday at SHW 39, our owner, Gary Lamb, the general manager, rocked the bet on you t-shirt and he did it in the ring so when you see shw 39 when it premieres on iwtv you'll see that shirt as well so get your shirt now prowrestlingtees.com slash bonnerfied all right guys with that said have an amazing day join us tonight for battle slam vendetta on fight tv grab a new shirt And just brace yourselves for some amazing things coming from the faction. So until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, the EP, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction.